It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, June 7th, 2022. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this is Raven News. A 40-pound, 2-ounce king salmon landed by Savannah Plank went unchallenged over the second weekend of fishing and won the $5,000 first prize in the 67th annual Sitka Salmon Derby. Riley Bernhardt came in second with a 33-pound, 5-ounce king. Bernhardt was also the total pound winner, landing 169 pounds, 3 ounces of king salmon over five days. Bernhardt will collect $500 for her effort. Rounding out the pack, Caleb Gray came in third with a king salmon weighing 31 pounds. Carrie Gray was the second place winner in total pounds, landed at 163 pounds, 2 ounces. Scotty Golden came in third with 162 pounds. Derby results are unofficial until they're certified on awards night, which will take place at 7 p.m. on June 16th at Harrigan Centennial Hall. In addition to overall winners, hidden weight prizes worth hundreds of dollars will be awarded, along with dozens of other prizes from local businesses. 138 people fished in this year's Sitka Salmon Derby, landing a total of 333 fish. The average weight was just under 20 pounds. The Sitka Sportsmen's Association sells the fish on the commercial market to pay for prizes and fund other activities of the organization. State Health Commissioner Adam Crum will rescind Alaska's public health emergency order for COVID-19 on July 1st. In a press conference on Monday, Crum said the department has been working to make sure any COVID-specific tools and systems Alaskans still need are now permanent or sustainable. Crum's emergency order would have expired with any federal emergency order unless he rescinded it earlier. The federal public health emergency runs through July 15th, but is anticipated to be extended through this fall. He said most Alaskans won't feel a major change as a result, but some will. The end of the order means the end of extra food stamp, or SNAP benefits for the more than 50,000 households in the state that receive them. That extra benefit could be anywhere from $100 to more than 1000 depending on the size of the family. Those benefits will continue through August of this year. The state's health department will continue to monitor and track COVID-19 cases and report them on a weekly basis. The legislative race for the seat representing Sitka will be between two veterans of local politics, independent Rebecca Hemshute, currently holding a seat on the Sitka Assembly, and former Huna mayor and Republican Kenny Scaffelstad. Both are hoping to fill the vacancy left by five-term Democrat Jonathan Christ Tompkins, who chose not to run for re-election this year. In Ketchikan, two people have filed to challenge Representative Dan Ortez for the seat representing the Southern Panhandle in the State House of Representatives. Ortez, a Ketchikan independent, is seeking a fifth term in Juneau. KRBD's Eric Stone has this look at the field. Three candidates have filed to run for the seat representing the newly redrawn District 1, which includes Ketchikan, Wrangell, Saxman, Metlakatla, and Hyder. Ketchikan Gateway Borough Assembly member Jeremy Bynum filed to run as a Republican. He says he'd like to see increases to state education funding and ensure the Alaska Marine Highway system is stable and independent of political interference. The state has a lot of issues that are that's facing it, and they're not short-term issues, they're long-term issues, and we need... We need to have a continuation of leadership that has vision. Bynum is the acting electric division manager for Ketchikan Public Utilities and says he hopes to help the region double down on its abundant hydropower. He says his background in energy helps him stand out from Ortez. Southeast Alaska can't just depend upon the fact that, uh, that we have fossil fuel assets in the state. Uh, 
that we also have uh, other assets of the state as well, as far as energy goes, that we can, specifically in Southeast Alaska, take advantage of and um, leverage toward our future. He says he'd worked to develop relationships with others in the House, but Bynum otherwise declined to offer specifics on how he'd leverage Southeast's renewable energy as a legislator. Karabidi also asked each candidate whether they believed the 2020 presidential election was stolen. Bynum said he believes that there were anomalies brought on by pandemic-related rule changes, like the Alaska Supreme Court's decision to suspend the requirement that witnesses sign absentee ballots. He says those changes created uncertainty in the results of the presidential election, but he stops short of questioning the ultimate result. I don't think that the presidential election was stolen. I mean... uh, that would require a vast conspiracy uh, beyond, I think, what's capable. I do believe, however, though, that that the systems that we have had in place historically weren't um, changed, you know, and they changed rapidly. Another Ortez challenger is questioning the 2020 results. Wrangell-based cargo pilot Siobhan Meggett says she can't say for sure whether the election was stolen. I don't really know if it was stolen. But I do know that there's been a lot of proof to show that there was a lot of irregularities and there was a lot of illegal activity. So because of that, did it mean it was stolen? We don't really know that yet. The U.S. Supreme Court rejected challenges to the results of the 2020 election and subsequent audits in some states have failed to turn up proof of widespread fraud. Meggett is running for the seat as a nonpartisan. In addition to tightening Alaska's voting laws, Meggett says her first priority would be to pass what she calls a patient's bill of rights. You know, if a doctor says, hey, I want to use ivermectin, they talked it with the patient, the patient said, let's give it a try, the doctor should be able to do that. Meggett says she'd also like to ensure that permanent fund dividends follow a formula laid out in state law. The state hasn't paid out dividends in line with the formula since it passed a 2018 law that draws from the permanent fund for state services. It's been unable to agree on a replacement formula and has instead set dividends in each year's budget. For his part, incumbent Representative Dan Ortez says his biggest priority is solving the state's budget woes. We need a a long-term sustainable fiscal plan. Uh, that will allow us to continue to issue a PFD, um, but at the same time uh, pay for essential services and hopefully um, without any uh, significant new added taxes. That's the goal. The retired school teacher says his experience in the legislature and his status as a nonpartisan independent makes him a good fit to represent Ketchikan, Wrangell, Metlakantlis, Saxman, and Hyder. Though he's caucused with a bipartisan coalition in recent years, Ortez says he sees eye-to-eye on just about every issue with his counterpart in the state's upper house, Republican Senator Burt Stedman of Sitka. I am fiscally conservative, um, but I recognize as well that, um, you know, it's important to maintain um, essential services. Ortez says he's seen no evidence that the 2020 election was stolen. With only three candidates in the running, all are set to advance past the top four pick one primary this summer. They'll face off in the ranked choice general election in November. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Eric Stone. Juno voters may not get the final say this October on a plan to stop taxing sales of food. In committee last week, the Juno Assembly set aside plans to put a ballot question before residents this fall to raise the sales tax rate. If voters authorized it, basic groceries would become exempt from the city's sales tax, and the city's overall sales tax revenue would be mostly intact.
But the Assembly is taking the discussion in a new direction. It now wants to put one or more advisory questions on the ballot that pairs the tax break with different tax increases. Advisory questions are not binding. They are a way for elected officials to take the temperature of the voters on an issue. The Juno Assembly is considering three separate ideas to recoup revenue. Raising the year-round sales tax rate to 5.5%, raising the sales tax rate to 6% from April through September, and raising the property tax rate by one mil, which would effectively increase most property tax bills by 9.5%. Under all three scenarios, lower-income households are expected to save more than they would spend in new taxes. With a seasonal sales tax, visitors would pick up much of the tab. With the property tax, only businesses and the community's wealthiest property owners would pay more. City Finance Director Jeff Rogers shared a new analysis of how the property tax option would play out for different households. By his estimates, the food tax break and property tax increase would cancel each other out for high-earning households, with property worth more than $500,000 to $600,000. The only way that I can manipulate the table in such a way that it costs anybody more is to presume that somebody has a very high property value. A March survey showed the property tax option was very unpopular in the local business community. However, even some of the Assembly's most pro-business members found some appeal in the property tax after reviewing Rogers' models. This is Assembly member and business owner Wade Bryson. So the very families that we're trying to benefit have a higher savings per year by adding the mill rate. So I would be in a strong favor of the property tax on the advisory vote, because if the community said to us, we're okay paying a little bit more for property tax to remove sales tax, I mean, that's a solution and approval from the community. In future meetings, the Juno Assembly plans to sort out which of the three advisory questions to send to voters. To get a question onto the local election ballot in October, the Assembly must pass an ordinance by August 4th. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. And now taking a look at the weather for Sitka for today, Tuesday, June 7th, 2022. Today, mostly cloudy, scattered rain showers in the morning, highs around 60, east winds around 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy, chance of rain showers late, lows around 50, northeast winds around 10 miles per hour. And looking forward to tomorrow, mostly cloudy, chance of rain showers, highs in the lower 60s, southeast winds 10 to 15 miles per hour. You're tuned in to your community radio station, Raven Radio KCAW in Sitka. Good morning. Thank you.